Hi, I'm Ethan, I love muzzleloading, and this is your muzzleloading news for the week. I think probably the biggest news that we have this week is Smith & Wesson's intent to divest the Thompson Center Arms brand. Smith & Wesson put out a press release this week announcing their plans to sell and just let go of the Thompson Center Arms brand, stating that they were interested in continuing some of the technologies that had been developed through Thompson Center, through the Smith & Wesson brand, but the Thompson Center Arms brand, it's just something they don't want anything to do with anymore. This came as kind of a shock to a lot of people in the muzzleloading world. When Smith & Wesson bought Thompson Center in the early 2000s, it was for a chunk of change, and it was, uh, I think everybody hoped it would be a breath of fresh air into the muzzleloading world, and in many respects it was. Smith & Wesson's large corporate entity behind Thompson Center was able to develop some really nice modern muzzleloaders, some nice inline muzzleloaders, and gave them some press through a series of out outdoor and hunting TV shows, but it looks like it didn't bring Smith & Wesson enough of a return. No further details were given on how or when this would go through, if there are any buyers lined up or anything. I think this just was Smith & Wesson saying, hey, we're done with Thompson Center, don't expect any Thompson Center news this year, and uh, we're kind of going back to what we're known for, primarily handguns, but who knows, they might be bringing some of these single-shot rifle technology and some of the bolt-action rifle items developed through Thompson Center into Smith & Wesson. Maybe this is all speculation at this point, though, just based on them saying we'd like to continue it just without the Thompson Center name. Online, a lot of people are talking about how or who they would like to see pick up the Thompson Center brand. CVA came up quite a bit. You know, CVA is the big player in this right now and they have a real opportunity here to absorb Thompson Center but I don't really think that's in CVA's plans personally. Uh, CVA is already really far out ahead here especially when it comes to modern muzzleloaders. They own, basically own the market share in the United States right now with a majority over that 50% and their single shot rifle technology with the you know the Cascades and their Scout line. I, I just don't see them wanting to pick up anything that Thompson Center has. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe CVA is interested in it, but I, I personally, I don't think so. I think CVA stands better at this point to own even more market share without Thompson Center being in the ring. Some people have thrown out traditions as well as maybe an opportunity for them to pick up the Thompson Center name as a way to expand what they offer. But I think a lot of this is based on the desire to see Thompson Center go back to their origins of a small company producing traditional sidelock muzzleloaders, and I don't know that we're going to see that. Personally, I think it would be really fantastic to see Thompson Center go back to a grassroots origin where they could play with the traditional muzzleloaders, continue that legacy that they have, but also experimenting with these modern inlines that they've been developing now for years. Uh, not so much a subsidiary of traditions, but maybe a company kind of like traditions to support both ends of the muzzleloading hobby. Up next we have Schutzen announcing that they received two million RWS caps already imported on the grounds in the United States here ready to head out to their distributors. As everybody knows over the past year and especially the past six months finding percussion caps and primers has been just dang near impossible so it's good to see shoots and powder working with their contacts in Europe and getting these RWS caps in just in the nick of time basically before the competitive muzzleloading season starts. The NMLRA Spring National Shoot is coming up in June and it looks like these caps will be two distributors and in line for shooters to get a hold of before the competition starts. In a lot of the country right now, it's still a little chilly. There are muzzleloading competitions going on just about every weekend, but 
people are shooting kind of the supplies that they had stored up over the last year or over the last really decade when it comes to muzzleloading shooters. This isn't, I don't think, indicative of when caps and primers and powder will be back in stock, but it is a breath of fresh air to have some of our supplies coming in, landing in the States and heading out to distributors that we can get a hold of. Schutzen didn't say which distributors or when, but they did say that they were heading out to distributors over the last week. So this means hopefully you can check in with your local Schutzen distributor or Schutzen supplier or give Schutzen a call and find out where some of these caps are going. And last but certainly not least, we have Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signing legislation that allows smaller muzzleloaders into their hunting season. Originally, before this bill was signed, the limit was a 44 caliber when it came to muzzleloaders. Now he's dropped that down to a 30 caliber, which is, I think, really... Uh, it's pretty small, but it's actually very exciting because you're starting to see a lot of these smaller calibers, small bore muzzleloaders get into the community and become really exciting among hunters and shooters. And seeing the state DNRs get behind this and support it and want to support the sportsmen using it is super exciting. In a post on social media, Governor Brian Kemp said, had a great time tonight with the Georgia Safari Club at their annual banquet. It was good to be with folks from the Wildlife Resources Division as well as the Georgia DNR as I signed HB 362 sponsored by Rep. Troy Rhodes and Senator Tyler Harper. Keep chopping. This bill was signed into legislation on May 1st and really interestingly, um, in the photo released from Brian Kemp's office, on the table that he's signing, you have the Paramount HDR and a CVA hat. Now, we don't have confirmation that CVA and their parent company, BPI Outdoors, were behind or pushed this bill, but with the placement of that rifle and the hat, I think it's hard to ignore that maybe they were kind of pushing for this in their home state of Georgia. While HB 362 doesn't exclusively deal with this muzzleloader change, it deals with several other things covered under what the DNR was looking for, I think, for the next year. But we're focusing here on the muzzleloading aspect of 362. If you want to read the full bill, we have a link to it, as well as the muzzleloading excerpts on ilovemuzzleloading.com. We'll have a link in the description. You'll find the muzzleloading specific changes in section 2-3. Paragraph 2, during primitive weapon hunts or primitive weapon seasons, Longbows, recurves, crossbows, and compound bows, and muzzle-loading firearms of 30 caliber or larger, and muzzle-loading shotguns of 20 gauge or larger, loaded with a single shot, may be used. So what we're seeing here is taking that limit from the 44 caliber, which excluded the Paramount HTR and what will be the new Knight Peregrine coming out in June, and dropping it all the way down to 30 caliber, which is a pretty big change. And while I don't have the specific hunting rules on the you know, on the bench here. I think 30 caliber is kind of leading the way for this small bore, especially as it relates to deer hunting seasons. Could this be an indication that CVA is working on something even smaller than the Paramount HDR? Maybe some kind of precision 30 caliber muzzleloader? I don't know, but um, that big of a change kind of sparks that question. Um, I mean, it, it could really just be that under 40 caliber to to legally get the 40 caliber to work, 30 caliber was the next major change, and they didn't want to put something in there weird like a 38, 34, 32, because it, there's not really a market for that, especially when it comes to muzzleloaders. This has been your muzzleloading news for the week. I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. If you'd like to read more about each of these individual stories, you can find them all at ilovemuzzleloading.com. We'll have links to all the sources there. You can read more and really dive deep into some of the exciting things that are happening in muzzleloading. Thanks so much for watching. We'll catch you next time. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. 
you make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 